So we all are interested in thinking creatively, thinking out of the box, um, and yet the experience when we have something a little difficult to, uh, to resolve, we kind of tense up, uh, and that seems to be counterproductive. And uh, you have been thinking a lot about that kind of topic. Yes. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about that because I realized that I didn't think I could think. And I think, now I think <laughs> that a lot of us think that thinking is something that really smart people do or really creative people do and it's not something that we can do. And, uh, and I found a way to notice in myself when there's a, like a, a gap or a, a place where I, I actually could have some ideas about something, but usually what I notice at first is kind of a, this blank space or this empty space. And I think for all of us that blank or empty wordless space is a bit scary and disorienting because we, we used, we want the words to be there. We, you know, in, in school we're trained to, to be the one with our hand up and teacher, I've got the answer. And a place where there's no words is uncomfortable and, and strange. So, Maybe, what I, I've want learned, to, yeah, maybe yeah. I want to highlight this a little bit. Yeah, that, that beautiful okay. example when you're talking about school. And so uh, imagine the little kid uh, and the teacher just says, so what's the answer? And there's a little bit of that perceived uh, urgency and maybe impatience. And the little exactly. kid, uh, 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 I don't <laughs> know. Uh, <laughs> and that's really a very uncomfortable position. Uh, right. Shameful. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and so we, I can see, and so that, and so I could see that, you know, we all have our unique wiring. And some of us are, are, you know, the things, the very things that make us feel like pariahs or, or outsiders or weird are often because we're processing the world in a different way than then maybe those kids that are in the front row with their hands up, or maybe we're, you know, maybe we were trained. I was, I was, a, I did very well in school. I was one of the kids that didn't have a problem with knowing the answers, but there wasn't a way for me to find my way of thinking. You know, what, what's, what am I about? What's real for me? I was good at, you know, reading the book and feeding back the answers. But not at really knowing my own and honoring my own perceptions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're talking about that sense of it's not thinking in abstract, but yeah. finding our own way, our own process. Exactly. And, uh, and earlier, uh, you know, we talk about uh, this moment of silence, of not knowing the answer. And it's scary because it feels like we're nowhere. But yep. actually, it's our process that's been interrupted at that moment. It's our, it's not, it, it's, it's, okay, when the teacher says, you know, okay, what's the answer? Let's see, you know, who's the smartest one? Who's got the answer? You know, that's, that's scary. And that's like, you know, uh, the whole, you know, am I smart? Am I a good student or whatever? But, there's also, when you say interrupting our process, I think it's not even, we're not even paying attention to our process. We're not even conceiving that we have a process apart from what is being demanded from us on the outside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so it's about realizing yes, that, right. that we have a process you know, yes. and paying attention to it. Right, and it's their own, it's the way... It's our own unique wiring. And I remember Eugene Jenlin saying, you know, if you don't honor this and find out about how to express it, 
you know, what, who you are and your unique way of perceiving the world will die with you. And a lot of people live not, not even knowing that they have a right to find out, you know, what is this, what is my way of perceiving the world? What, what insights come out of my unique wiring as a person? We think that those are our problems, you know, like why can't I, you know, why can't I just jump in and be part of a conversation? Why do I get so bored and frustrated when people are sitting around a table chatting? You know, that, that's, I'm just talking about myself. Mm -hmm, But, mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like the things that, that, that bother us where we feel a little lost are the place that if we actually pay attention to them, we'll find our gifts there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's how we're going to find something that's original, that's us. Yes, exactly. Instead of trying to buy it from a catalog. Exactly, and that's thinking outside the box. It's okay. So the the we don't even let the box be defined by someone else. Mm-hmm. It's thinking from who we are, and then you know, almost finding where that could be applied. Sometimes we don't even know where, you know, what could this be relevant to or something. Mm -hmm. You know, what Mm -hmm. box are we thinking outside of? (laughs) And so what you're saying loud and clear is that if we want to really find something, think, you know, find our original thinking, think outside of the box, there's going to be some degree of unease, discomfort, and maybe a little bit of pain even in that. Exactly. And uh, what we're doing as we're talking about it is just validating that it's going to be the case. And mm-hmm. in a way, you can't have, you know, that access to it without going through that moment of disruption and of maybe right. unease. And without uh, learning, you know, it's not... So what is it that gets us through that that blank space where we don't know the answer and we don't want to slip into the thing of I'm stupid, I don't have the answer, I don't know anything, I can't think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's one way that we could go. And the other way that we can learn to go is say, oh, wow, here's this blank space without any words. I I can feel it. I can feel that this is a space that is fertile, that it's ripe wanting to be discovered. And so I can welcome it and pay attention to it and invite and and find, uh, I'm searching for the words, is know that I could ask someone to listen to me right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's hard. To get into it all by yourself when you're when you're just discovering this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so in a way, um, it's as if we have a map, and uh, there is in you know the map has all these places with roads and forests and towns and so on, and then this area that is blank, yeah. and um, we associate entering this area with all kinds of signs saying danger, 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 <laughs> wrong place, difficult. And and instead, you know, it's like, wow. <laughs> right, that's the magic forest. Right, right. Or the and, magic desert or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and that, um, you know, so, yeah, wow. But also, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be more difficult to navigate than if it had roads and signs. And so that's where having... Some help having a person who listens, having a person who attends to this process as we're going through it is going to be helpful. Right. And I love that image of a map. And it reminds me of this thing that I haven't thought of for so long. And I had this map of a magic kingdom on my wall when I was a kid. And it had all those things like roads and forests and different things. And, and so all those things that are already on the map, those are things that are already on the map they're already known and the thing that we can bring is what's not on the map Mm. yeah yeah so again that reminder of original thinking it means 
it's not on the map yet. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and it's just because it's, yeah, it's, and, and so it really helps, you know, explorers don't go out into the desert or the North Pole alone. They've got their team, you know. They don't try to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the listener is someone that we have on our team. And, and what, and it requires a very special kind of listening to somebody that also, from the listener's point of view, they're not going to get nervous like, oh, Oh, this person is stuck. I better come in here with uh, some bright idea. Maybe I should finish their sentence for them. Yeah, I, 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 I know what you're saying. Okay, uh, you know that's the normal kind of conversation where, from the listener's side too, it's like, uh, you know, don't let that, don't, you know, the silence is an uncomfortable place. Mm-hmm. But uh, this kind of listener is also welcoming the silence of the explorer. Say, oh, you're at a place where you don't have any words. Great, I'm right here with you. We're we're exploring this together, and I'm going to listen because I know that's how you're going to move ahead. And so that's the process of the listener. The, the listener is totally comfortable with the silence and does not feel any responsibility for intervening, making this work, solving anything. The listener is there for the explorer. And and I and I just want to add here that part of this whole teamwork thing, partnership, is that then they switch roles and the and the listener becomes the explorer, and the explorer becomes the listener. So everybody's got their turn and their place. There isn't one person that's just a listener. It's a partnership where both are exploring what's really wanting to be said, not necessarily in a conversation. Mm-hmm. One person could be exploring vast territories that are part of his or her inner landscape, and then the listener's turn, they'll be exploring a whole other vast landscape that has nothing to do with the other landscape. So, but I, yeah, I, lo- I love this map and this landscape idea because it really is like that. You're setting out on a journey together and the listener is, is totally honoring, you know, that this is a moment when I'm going to go with you into this blank space. And whatever the explorer, it, by the explorer becoming interested and receptive to his or her own inner space, things start kind of coming up after a while. And then it's, it's only by doing this process that you can see, well, how could things start coming up out of this big nothing place? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, since we're talking about was yeah. using that metaphor of the map, mm-hmm. I want to, again, put this within the context, you know, what we're talking about, and, and, and bring it into context. So, a lot of what you're describing is, in a way, turning our normal approach to things on their head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about... Um, Thinking, and uh, usually people think about thinking as something that's a solitary endeavor and something where you try very hard to do something. Uh, and in a way where you have to have answers and the blank moments are um, an accident that's unpleasant. A failure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And instead of the failure... Uh, it's really actually becoming the central point because this is mm-hmm. the area where things can happen. If we didn't have these blank moments, nothing could happen. Right, uh, nothing new could happen. Nothing new can happen. Uh, so you, you can't have a plant without the seed. And this is, you know, that the recognizing and say, wow, a wonderful, disturbing, uncomfortable blank moment. That's the seed. Right. Yeah, you're burying the seed in the ground and nothing happens for weeks. Right. You have to have faith. Like, well, I planted my seeds and, and yesterday and 
It's the same blank old ground today. You know? Right, right. There's still no tree. <laughs> and uh, and so there is that, you know, that, of course, scary process. I like the image of the seed being planted and nothing happens for a while because for all you know, it could actually be dead and nothing could happen. And right. so there is that faith that something can happen. Mm-hmm. And there is also that aspect of um, um, the... Um, waiting as opposed to trying to dig harder. Yeah, waiting, waiting. And mm-hmm. the listening as opposed to forcing something or trying hard is in a way kind of watching the process, watching the ice melt, watching the tree grow, mm-hmm. watching, you know, um, mm-hmm. and so the listener exemplifies that and and helps the explorer also get it right and that whole as you're talking about that it just it's like a metaphor for the state that we're in as a planet you know like we were educated or our society in the you know in the 50s and 60s when i was growing up you know it was like hey we can develop this fertilizer that's going to make those seeds grow faster and bigger and more secure than they're going to do just on their own natural process you know we we want to we want to improve on nature nature is just a, kind of stupid you know you put the seeds in the ground and you have to wait and wait and and you don't know what you're going to get and it's it's like this whole setup of of dominating nature and 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 prodding nature and and making up for the failings of nature, and we see that it's led to a situation that we're in on the planet that is, you know, where, where things are kind of going out of control, and and it's like in our, and the thing is that we, as human beings, are actually part of nature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this ability that we have to to go inside in these blank spaces and find something developing, it's part of the way that we are, that our organisms, that our human organisms are related to the whole, the whole planet, the whole universe. So it's allowing ourselves to to be part of that and and with the necessary patience and waiting and and silence and 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 uh and faith that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something can come out of that so so we're um in a way realizing that 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 more listening attitude is also a way of realizing that we're part of something larger of the process of life, of the process of earth, of the process of the universe. And we're finding a way to be in tune with it um, so that the thinking, in a way, proceeds organically instead yeah, of being yeah. forced. Right. And on the other side of and as you say that, I just, and the other side of, of this knowing that we know how to think, that we can find a way to think, um is this as you're talking it just reminds me of this whole kind of woo woo thing like you know spirituality and 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 uh meditation and that we have to somehow not be human either we have to be spiritual in a way that that also overcomes our humanity that makes up for the you know the the evil weakness of being human mm-hmm. and uh, and I want to say that it's it's not that either. You know, it's allowing ourselves to be fully human and appreciate the gifts of our humanity, not uh, wanting to go beyond them, rise above them with spirituality or uh, improve them through thinking, but actually really acknowledging and appreciating and, and, and going into the 
natural processes that we have as human beings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, in a way, what uh, as you're talking about this, it reminds me of what actually, to use a technological example, um, when a new plane is you know designed and manufactured, they have test pilots to see how the plane actually responds, as opposed to the theory of how the plane should work. And it takes knowing how the plane responds in order to be able to better uh, direct it, to do what, yeah. it, what you want it to do. And so uh, in these human processes, the natural processes, uh, you know, we're actually going to achieve much more if we understand how we function naturally, that we can ride this <laughs> process you know, right. as opposed to trying to shape some kind of outside idea of how it should function. Uh, and, you know, we're at best going to be uh, doing something that's chaotic when we do that, as opposed right. to doing the best that we can do. Right. Mm -hmm. So now that in a way we have put some kind of a background around this, uh, maybe it's a good time to describe um, this process. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, as we were, as I was saying, it really helps if you have a listener that also understands this process. So I'm talking right now about to try to do it on your own is difficult at first, although some people can really get it and do it on their own, but what's what's really delightful is to have this kind of exchange where you have your 20 minutes to explore and someone is listening and then you listen to them as they explore. So in order for this all to work, um, well, first of all, just, you know, talking about this partnership it sounds initially like um, we think that it's going to take up a lot of time that we don't have. And in reality, if you are able to do this kind of concentrated um, exploring with a good listener, 20 minutes is all it takes to go, you know, to get some breakthroughs and to, to go to, to to find your next step. So I'm not talking about a big deal that is something that's, that becomes very hard to fit into your life. Um, okay, to do it... Maybe, you may, maybe yeah. I'm sorry, another point that I might want to say, when you say okay. a good listener, uh, mm -hmm. in a way, when you start the process, mm -hmm. uh, it is very likely that neither of you or your partner will be necessarily very good at it or very comfortable right. with it. And so uh, it's really setting up a process of learning by practice. Mm -hmm. And because you're listening to each other and uh, describe uh, what you hear and pay attention to what it feels like, this is an ideal situation for learning because you have immediate feedback in terms of what works for you and what works for the other person. Uh, so you have to leave it really, really loose and open and not, and, and just resist all the voices that are saying, oh, I'm not doing it right, I'm not, I'm not helping, I'm not doing my exploring right. I mean, there'll be a lot of voices like that. So the whole attitude toward exploring these, 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 deserts and forests that are not yet explored is is one of of interest and curiosity and openness to what we find there and not a uh, you know kind of gotta get there gotta do this gotta come up with this kind of thing so both on the part of the the listener and the explorer there's this kind of open spaciousness where you know that it's it's very hard in our society there's so much to do you know we've all got so much to do and if we 
slow down for a minute, we can, you know, and we, and we pay attention to what's going on inside. The first thing we'll come up with is something that says, well, you know, you don't have time to, to do this exploring. You've got to do your taxes. You've got to do your, that report. You've got to plan this and, and you've got to pay those bills. And, you know, it's like there's, you know, there's just this kind of rhythm that we're in of what I got to do, what I got to do. Mm-hmm. So the presence, the first present, the, the primary first purpose of a listener is another human being that's saying, hey, it's okay for you to take 20 minutes out of your busy life to explore this something that you are interested in that you want to explore or to explore this feeling that you had that, that you can't put into words but that you feel is somehow important. So you've got another human being there saying, I'm going to help you create that space in your life. And I know that you are then going to, in turn, you're going to help me create that space for myself. Yeah, I'm going to help you create that space in your life. And mm-hmm. you, in turn, will help me create that space in my life. Right, and it doesn't mean that I'm your guru, that I know anything about your topic. I am there to help you listen to yourself and to pause and breathe and realize that you have the right to go into that blank space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm going to go there with you just with my presence and my and my listening. Yeah. And if we have to sit there in silence for 20 minutes, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, very beautiful, I'm going to go there with you. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't mean that as a listener I need to have a clue no, what that blank space is about, far from that. Right. And, and your goal is not to explain something to me. Right. I'm just simply there to listen to you because it creates a space in which you can explore, even if I don't right. understand a thing about what you're exploring. Right, and the understanding a thing is, you know, that's that's the need of, uh, that could be someone's need, like, wow, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. What You know, help me understand, what are you saying? You know, that just throw that out the window. That's not, the listener does not need to have a clue about what the explorer is saying. Yeah. It just, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, you're a listener <laughs> as opposed to an audience. Uh, yes. You know, you know, yeah. Right, yes, that's right. And as the explorer, it is not my job to explain to you why all of a sudden I need to talk about what happened at my grandmother's farm when I was seven years old. So what? I, I need something in me says that has something to do with this. And you, you say, wow, you know, you really love being with the horses. Yeah, I love being with the horses. Okay. So that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's a whole different kind of partnership in which we're, we're, Helping each other in a way that no one else is capable of helping us. We're not helping each other by giving each other advice and telling each other what to do. We're accompanying each other in listening to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Accompanying and listening. Accompanying each other and listening to ourselves. Yeah. And it's a tremendous gift. You won't find, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I'm a good listener. Often that means I know how to shut up and be quiet while somebody's talking. But this is different. It's not just shutting up and being quiet. It, it Often you can be totally silent the whole time. But it's really both of you welcoming that space of not knowing. Mm-hmm. and giving it and putting a lot of space around it. Because we have to counteract that demand that, 
that, you know, the coming up with the answer, like, who, who's right? Who, who's got it? You know, we have to counteract that with a lot of space and time and silence. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want to, in a way, when we're talking about it this way of welcoming the space or counteracting the, the wanting to, to know, um, we're not talking about that as a flaw because it's a, it's a characteristic of human nature that mm-hmm. actually has a tremendous survival value that we have through evolution because it's nice to assess a situation quickly in order to make decisions about what to do. So yeah. uh, we're not in any possible way saying that there's something terribly wrong with you if yeah. you have that urge to know or to be certain. You know, if you have that, you're a perfectly normal human being. Uh, And this is about overriding something that's a deep, deep, you know, deeply ingrained part of our nature uh, in order to go for a very specific function to go deeper, uh, you know, into knowing, which is something that certainly our ancestors did not need to know uh, for mere survival value. Right. So that's so important. We don't want to throw out any of the amazing benefits that we have from science, technology, and that whole, as you're saying, that whole innate desire to know and understand and be able to explain. We don't want to throw that out at all. And, and as you're saying, it's programmed into us. It's, it's part of our evolution. It's normal. But we're, we're looking for how can we make a dialogue, not, and not leave out the whole, this whole bodily experiencing that's happening in every moment that up until now, there has been no way to, to talk about it. Because it's, it's not a logical thing. And so, that's why, you know, that's why the openness and the not wanting to explain comes because it's not logical and yet it is very precise. It, our experiencing takes us to experiences in our lives where we were, where we were knowing something, something that's very uh, it belongs to us as people, in, as individuals, let's say. And, and it's, it, in the, when the philosophers in the past have talked about this experiencing, this, this, this bodily thing that we, you know, we kind of can ask in any moment, well, you know, how do, how do I feel about that? And you know, everybody, I think, can have, be in a situation where they have an uneasy feeling, even though they can't say why. Like, you know, why did that situation make me so uncomfortable? Um, and we usually just go, oh well, you know, it's, it's probably just me or whatever. Yeah, it is just me. <laughs> and there's something there <laughs> for me that my body's telling me that I can Pay attention to and, and learn more about myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and as you're talking, that people who listen to this might say, okay, so uh, what are these guys talking about? Are they talking about thinking and then they're talking about uncomfortable situations? They're talking about childhood memories. They're talking about feelings. And, and of course, it may sound confusing that way. But the point is, uh, all of these things are related. You know, we're not, um, you know, some kind of a library where some kinds of books are in some shelves and other in some sh- other shelves and totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're talking about thinking. But thinking is going to be related to feelings, is going to be related to memories, is going to be related to our experiences and how we have processed these experiences. Right. So what we're talking about is actually availing ourselves of the whole range and of the whole resources we have, as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to tie our hands and try to function with just a small part of what we have. Right, exactly. Or to, to think, you know, that 
I have that I can only think within what some genius or some guru has already written in a book, you know, and then mm-hmm. I have to fit my reality into the construct that they've made and, and, and rearrange or move around, you know, their ideas within that in order to be, you know, in order to be legitimate, you know, that's, that's the accepted, that's the box. Mm-hmm. The box is whatever has already been invented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where we're saying that to avail ourselves of our own, this, this innate human quality that we have not been educated to pay attention to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so maybe to find a landing place, you know, uh, in a way we have a rhythm, I notice in our conversation, we go from the practical to then we go into, you know, some kind of a larger consideration and, uh, uh, and then we go back to some practical description and come back. But maybe the landing place, what we're inviting people to do, to play with, you okay. know, is, and go ahead. Okay. So, you said first you get yourself a listener. And just as you, as that, Listener needs to be open and empathic to you and can, and, and can convey that to you through their, through their silence, through their eyes. If you're with them physically, you might just be on the phone or something. But just as, as you expect an open empathic, um, as you need an open empathic attitude on the part of the listener, you need to develop that attitude within yourself because we tend to judge ourselves very harshly and and dismiss our our own perceptions and not be open to them so the whole process is developing uh, empathy openness and interest in our own inner world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that can that Openness and, and interest can help us mine our own lived experience, um, for what we, what our own wiring is, uh, is, is, is telling us about the world. So, um, um, the process is something like, Say you, you want to, say you're in transition and you want to develop a new business that really comes out of who you are. Maybe you spent, you know, 30 years as an accountant and you've always had this side interest in plants or something and you, you, you want to get into that somehow. You, before you die, you want to develop that, that side of yourself in a way that can, support you so you you have a feeling about that you know like oh in my heart i can feel this you know i want to spend the rest of my life giving myself the opportunity to express my love of plants my respect for the whole natural world and this and this funny sense that, that I have when I, when I look at a plant, I can kind of tell that it needs something that it doesn't have, you know? I'm not just saying, oh, there's a plant. I, my love for plants has given me this special sense about what a plant needs. Does it, do I need to move it where it gets more sun or more shade or does it need a certain kind of fertilizer? So I want to devote myself now to this. I want to give free reign to this something that I've developed in my sense of plants. Or maybe you're a beekeeper and you, you, you go to the hive and you, and you know, wow, there's something wrong here. There's something that's not going well. And yet it's not in any of the books that you look at or, or you can't Google it and find an explanation for what you're perceiving. Or say you're a nurse and you've always worked with people and there's this thing that you notice about people that come in with certain experiences and then they develop diseases after that. You know, what, what is all that? So there's, there's something that comes out of this depth of 
experience that you have, um, or I just want to talk about my my first uh, experience with this, which was as a uh, I had lived in Central America during the Civil War in El Salvador, and I had been an acupuncturist at a clinic for Salvadoran refugees, and I, so I spent a lot of time just one-on-one while I was giving them the, these acupuncture treatments, hearing the stories of what they'd been through. And that really impacted me. And I just didn't have a clue of how I could do anything for them or really be useful at all to them. And it wasn't until years later, when after I had learned this process called focusing, that I... I could follow through on that desire that I had to be able to respond to, you know, what happens to people when they're in a traumatic war situation. And, um, and, and out of that came this project that I've worked, been working on for the last eight years in El Salvador. Still, you know, working with the trauma that's still left over from the war and both to the to the society as a whole and to individuals organizations things like that so that's my example of 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 a project that i that's been very very fulfilling to me but i didn't have a clue of how to how to really do it until i i was able to work on it in this way so you know, at first, so I felt this big blank, like how how could I, you know, what is this feeling that I have? What is this thing that I want to do? I, I, I don't really know. And so I would just leave space for that and I would find people to listen to me and then I would, I would notice this feeling of blank spaces or gaps where it was like there was a, a numbness or a, or a grayness or something. And I learned how to pay attention to those places, which is what we were talking about at the beginning. Um, you know, senses like I feel something very strongly, but I don't know what it is, or I feel something subtle, but it feels important and I can't say why. Those are the kind of places that we're looking for. And, and so maybe I want to just highlight that, mm-hmm. um, you know, in inviting people to go explore this, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's always something that we have when we explore something. We want to have benchmarks to see, am I off the mark? Am I going the right way? It's very easy to get discouraged, you know. Just imagine Christopher Columbus sailing toward America, and it's not there, and it's not there, and it's not there. And so where am I going? Am I going to fall off the face of the earth? You know, what's <laughs> happening? And so um, what you're doing here is explaining to people that the benchmark is going to be the uncomfortable feeling of either, uh, you know, what is this? I don't know how to do with this, or it feels numb, or it's so subtle, you know, was there really something or not? And so uh, that's what you're on the lookout for. And it's not a benchmark of, oh, you do this, and uh, you have achieved this, and then this and that. But really, by far, you know, the first benchmark, you know, for a long time is going to be to find these places and stay with them and and remember that it's okay to stay with them. Right. And then talking about benchmarks, actually, you know, a lot can start to happen um, where you... You know, maybe words start to come when you, when you give that interested empathic attention to this gap or blank space, um, then you, you notice words or images or sounds or, or songs or gestures come and then you resonate those with, with that space and you'll, you'll either feel kind of a, something that's saying, yeah, yeah, you're on, you're on the right track here. And there's and and there's also a a very definite bodily response if you say, well, 
you know, maybe it's just this. You know, you say something and, and, and there'll be kind of this dull thud the way it lands in your body like, you know, there won't be, a, there won't be this yes feeling. There'll be more like a, a dull feeling like, oh, that's not it. And there's this just amazing natural quality of the body to give us feedback about when we're going towards something that's going to develop and when we're just not going toward it. So we start learning how to notice this feedback and welcome it. Yeah, and so it's going to feel, it's not going to feel like an enormous cue card or being hit over the head by a two by four. <laughs> it's pretty subtle. But, you know, essentially what you're describing is something that you hear yourself think. You know, you're going to have to pay attention to listening to your body and yep. these little signals that can be very subtle. Right. And, and then you can start noticing it and you can feel you start noticing when you're saying something that, or thinking something that is structure-bound or that's coming out of fear or out of the whole old structure, you can feel this kind of stale, non-resonant, uh, dullness about it. And, and that, and that, and then you can just breathe and say, okay, I can feel that static dullness in, in that statement I just made. So I'm gonna, Breathe and, and open to what's, you know, what's feels growing and developing and alive. And that's when you, you know, calm down again, you breathe and you, and you go inside and you, um, and you make space and, and just miraculously things start to come and, and, and you can also see that Behind that structure-bound or fear-bound or static uh, box, which we could we could call, you know, we're thinking outside the box. So that's the box, the thing that feels square, static, um, structure-bound. You you can start to feel your body shows you where there's something alive and wanting to grow, and you start. Saying words and 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 made, and resonating with those words, and that's when the listener also can can notice that you're coming up with something new. And the listener might, you know, you might say something like, uh, "Oh, there's something deeper here that I haven't that I'm noticing now that I that's behind all this that I was." Not able to say before. And I think it's that, you know, and then, and then you, you'll say something else that, that maybe has the quality of, well, I already, I knew that already, but you're, you're articulating it in a way that allows you to move deeper and deeper. And so, you know, um, what's happening here is it's not that there are some magic words that you're using as a listener, but in a way, um, what you're demonstrating here is the body language of that sense of listening both to what the person has said and listening inside and checking mm -hmm. how it feels. And it's almost that sense of, you know, in 20 questions, um, is it hot, is it cold, uh, or that sense of if you're manipulating clay to shape something, that's kind of a body sense of getting little by little to what feels right and yeah. noticing what feels right and what doesn't. And there's nothing wrong when it doesn't feel right because then it's simply naming that it doesn't feel right or in what way it doesn't feel right is really mm -hmm. very much part of the process. Right. And then, and then usually when something that does feel right comes, there'll be this kind of like, oh, it'll be like kind of surprising. And, you know, like Columbus actually didn't, he was heading to India. And he, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if he even knew that he didn't get to India, but, um, you know, he discovered a whole new world that he hadn't expected. And, and that's the amazing thing about paying attention to this resonance with the body 
is that if we had known how to mentally process this thing, we would have we would have come up with the answer. But we didn't know how to come up with the answer. And so the paying attention to this body sense often gives us something totally new and unexpected that we just would never have been able to come up with in any other way. So that feels like a nice place to land. Does it feel, do you feel a need to add something else to this? Um, well, the only thing that I want to add is that, um, is that in society today we're suffering from a real lack of being able to move beyond structure-bound opinions. And there's a, and, and then the media seems to think that, you know, what, what sells uh, TV news and what sells newspapers is controversy. You know, it's like, well, I think this and you think that. And, and, and so we're, um, you know, we've got to highlight what, you know, the ways that we are, um, the ways that we disagree. And, you know, that's, that's a good process as long as there's something at the end of it where people can actually come to a compromise and working together. But in, in politics, especially people feel like they have to respond to their base by being intransigent, by, by showing their loyalty to this structure, thinking structure. So that whole phenomenon uh, kind of relies on there not being this kind of listening. Mm-hmm. Um, it relies on you formulating your argument, your answer while the other person is speaking and only going for that. And, and it, it's led to the kind of gridlock that we're experiencing. So... <laughs> I um when you when you get used to this kind of mutual listening and noticing what's happening inside you can also get that feedback from yourself when you are not listening to someone in a normal conversation when you're formulating your ideas instead of trying to grasp their sense of what's happening from their point of view and I f- one of my interests in developing this is how can we develop a society in which we can actually listen to each other and and learn to cooperate and work together while still maintaining the the truth you know our own individual truth so that's the bigger picture for me This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.